This podcast was brought to you by Good Episode Productions. You like it. Duck. Okay. Duck. Can I press the red button? Yes, dog. Look, that's a deep cut. I didn't even have a TV. I know. That's I why no I'm amazed. What they're talking about. It's like a commercial, right? Like a, like a. Uh, it's like an ad. Yeah, but it was like an ad for an, a digital TV function, yeah. rather than any actual product. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was when um when everything used to be like press the red button with special features, and that used to be did like the best thing on that? the digital computers. Yeah, I mean, I did it when like I was watching sports when I wanted to get the uh, the right athletics mm-hmm. competitions that I want to watch, but mm-hmm. not like normally. Sports. What is this? Some kind of nerd podcast? I mean. <laughs> Yes. Mm. Kind of. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's the problem between us. Like, it's it's the source of the conflict between us and, like, the rest of the Terry Pratchett fan community is that we are cool jocks and the rest of them are, like, lame nerds, which is why we that's find so it so true. hard to relate to each other. Yeah. <laughs> because and they're, we all are... gen, they're all Gen Xs as well, apparently. Oh, yeah, God. they're all Gen yeah. Xs. We're just... We're just uh, meta ironic zoomers or something yeah that's that's what we've been told so enjoy that enjoy our people millennial humor uh, slightly aloof millennials but actually we are aloof zoomers i have I mean no i idea. am i guess lucy's a zoomer i, mean, yeah, I wouldn't call her aloof. Uh, crucially aloof crucially zoomer, here yeah. generations are not real but <laughs> like, Look, which which marketing demographic do you like to identify <laughs> See, yeah. this is why I'm I'm bisexual because I'm I'm both a Zoomer and in some ways a millennial. I was born in the nineties. See, here's the thing: is I don't believe that generations are real, but I do believe that your online language is set by like what kind of forum you were first on. Um, yeah, it's just a continuous process. Uh, <laughs> yeah, than, yeah, in, <laughs> rather in time. than one of like blocks that can be <laughs> cut up. It's almost like humans are a sort of spectrum of experiences rather than... So, I think the word, like, I'd say, like... SJW bullshit. Boomer meme is sort of, you know, like a Facebook shitty meme. So I think that's more like Mm -hmm. a specific... It's a specific language style rather than an age thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is is my belief about posting. I tied an onion to my belt, uh, which was in style at the time, and went off to war. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> or whatever that, whatever that Simpsons quote I can't remember was because what? I'm a Zoomer and didn't watch it when it came oh, out oh it's the Simpsons thing yeah I have never seen I have genuinely not watched the Simpsons I don't know if I've said this on this podcast yeah. you have um, that's, but, that's fine but it's good it's a, little, it's a little bit of a, the Janosch law that we like to um, sort of sprinkle into every episode yeah, um, yeah so this guy really says he likes anime Janosch. and he has never watched the Simpsons yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's not freaking sweet, Lois, or something. Um, my my Springfield Academia. <laughs> yeah, a Bart Bart may look like he's like he's a nine year old, but he's actually ten thousand years old, so it's fine. Yeah, like Scooby Doo. Okay. Oh, on the generational thing, I uh, I do like I do feel like kind of a disconnect to like people who are like. 19 or 20 you know people who were born after 9 11 <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah okay <laughs> i'm surprised you picked 9 11 rather than just 2000 given that none of us are american <laughs> yeah but i think 9 11 destroyed the brain of uh us and america i think it was a collective i think, thing. Yeah, I think yeah okay fair 
It, it is one of my earliest memories, 9-11. I, <laughs> yeah. I, like, don't, I can remember it. I, don't I swear remember we've talked 9/11. about 9-11 before. No, that was on, on SOWeb. <laughs> we've absolutely was talked it? about Oh, no, we've talked about 9-11 on this podcast. We've talked about oh, what poor sure. Osama bin Laden jerks off to on this podcast. <laughs> we did, but we did specifically talk about the thing about whether we remember 9-11 or not on oh. a cold open on a song of babies and puppies. I remember that because I was editing that episode. Things really do all just come back to 9-11. <laughs> I, I simply do not remember it, but then I do remember being like eight years old in like the playground that was near the school I went to. Um, and someone and and me being conscious enough to say to a friend, I hear we're at war in Afghanistan. <laughs> oh, written by Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the story I told on ASOBEP to those people who only listen to this show was that um, I have a clear memory of this was this 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 isn't even like about 9-11 like the this oh. was like a few years later in elementary school i remember like the one kid in our class was like running through the hallway and screaming america is attacking iraq that's so cool (laughs) (laughs) epic that's so cool (laughs) i remember remember one of my neighbors who was also a child uh a very small like my age um saying (laughs) (laughs) sorry carry on (laughs) um no, but him insisting that, like, there was literally a war in our country because you could see planes in the sky. That's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Me watching a commercial A380 fly past. Wow. I bet that's got bombs in it. Pretty much. Well, when my when I when nine eleven happened to me, you were me, in the states, weren't you? I lived in Washington. I lived in the suburbs of Washington D.C. So we got sent home from school immediately. Um, and then we were like all told to stay inside, and there was like a big like lockdown. <laughs> wow, um, <laughs> how times have changed. Because my dad used to work sometimes in the um, in the Pentagon, so he drove us all out <laughs> to go look. He drove us all out to go look at it in the car. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hang on, I knew that you, you were never in the told States. us that. I knew that you were in the States when 9-11 happened, and I knew that your dad has a military staff. I did not know that after 9-11 happened, he took you on a fucking day trip to go and look at the It wasn't, remains. like, immediately afterwards. It was, like, a, like a week afterwards. He was like, let's go see it. And so we all just... Dad, can into, we see 9-11? We've got town. 9-11 at home. We drove into, into D.C., and we, we drove around the Pentagon and went, damn, that sure exploded. <laughs> so that's my memory of 9 11. New, new head cannon, uh, Chaz's dad was the DC sniper. I mean, the DC sniper, I have a fun story about that. I must have told you that, surely. What? I think so. Yeah. Um, the DC sniper. Have, and it's- so the, this. There was this guy who was like sniping people around DC in like 2000, I think. And um, was this the when you were at school? And then yeah, okay, carry on, carry on, carry on. I do know. Yeah, so so um, it's less funny now because there's so many school shootings. Um, because <laughs> 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 we we used to have to do all incredible these incredible sentence to say. I know it's terrible. We used to have to do all these like drills at school for like potential shootings. Um, and then one day I was on like canteen cleanup duty 
Um, and everyone else had abandoned me because they didn't want to do it. So I was left because I was very dutiful. So I was just like doing it all by myself. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I'm going to go to recess now. And then I went out into where the playground was <laughs> and the door locked behind me <laughs> and there was no one in the, in the playground. Um, and so I went into the next playground and there was no one in that playground. And I was like six. So I was like panicking. And then I was like, I guess I could go around the front. So I sort of walked the long route round to the front of the school and rang the bell. And then <laughs> someone like... shot immediately back. Well, they came <laughs> They were like trying to talk to me through the fucking um, intercom and they were like, oh shit. Um, and they had to like really quickly like unlock the door, grab me, pull me in and then close the door and then send me into like the gym because the school was in lockdown because the serial sniper was like close by. I had a penny for like every time one of my podcasts that has a code open about 9-11. <laughs> incredible really but this is so, also, yeah, this, this is, is a cold open not just fun. about 9-11 but about one of the mm-hmm. times where one of the hosts was caught up in an active shooter situation it At wasn't active like they never actually came to our school they were just i don't think they've i don't think they did schools <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was nothing. Uh, this is pre-columbine they didn't do schools but i'm sorry oh no it was it was, po- it, was, it, was it was post-columbine because um i used to get i got a detention um, oh. because I pretended to shoot a friend with a banana and they were very, very tense about like mentioning guns or bringing a toy gun to school or anything about guns at that point because it was just... Oh, yeah, so the, the sympathetic magic of guns, if you mention them, they appear. Yeah, yeah it was like super... Mm. It was super fucking weird. Um, Manifesting a school shooting. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. So yeah, my, my early schooling was very peculiar in some ways. But I mean, if you're American, you're probably used to it, I guess. <laughs> so you then moved to a, no- a normal place, uh, being southeast Wales. Yeah, you moved yeah. to Normal Island. Yeah, I moved to like, I went from this very cosmopolitan international um, elementary school to a primary school in the middle of nowhere populated by farmers who were all related to each other and had this sort of strange <laughs> vendetta against my family for some reason. <laughs> it's because you weren't from round there, probably. Yeah, you Basically, yes. Yeah. So we had American accents and it was very cringe. So, and there oh, was like, that. there was like 120 people in the school. It was very small. So, yeah, it was great. I love it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any like other fun non 9-11 or school shooting related things to talk about uh, yeah i mean this is why charlotte now records um all of her podcasts from the boot of her car because of her, her <laughs> dc uh-huh. beltway sniper incident yeah that that, that though, like was a thing that like uh my co-host on uh on on edge of pods used to do on some episodes that she was like recording from from her car because I don't know. The reception was better there. Uh, I don't know. Didn't disturb sticking the parents like in the morning. I don't know. Now that's podcasting. Sticking, sticking your microphone through a hole in in the in the car boot. <laughs> I mean, I think if you're in the car boot, what would the acoustics be like in there? Pretty like good, our... probably. That's why when people yeah. are trapped in car boots, when they scream for help, no one hears them. Uh-huh. Mm. Look, if it's good enough for the DC Beltway sniper, it's good enough for. <laughs> 
But like, what I was gonna say, <laughs> gotta stop talking like, about the DC sniper. Yeah, insanely distracted with uh, with the nine eleven stuff. That like I do notice like with kids who are like born in the two thousands. You know, that there is like a bit of a disconnect, I guess, in cultural reference points, etc. They they don't have like memories of having an unbreakable Nokia phone, you know. <laughs> Well, mm. I see. This is the thing because I do, relatable, but I don't remember nine eleven. I remember the <laughs> That's war. <why. laughs> we I mean, it's that. still going on, so it's hard to forget, really. But, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I still like don't think we have like we're like an essentially Zoom podcast. Like we're way too. I feel like we are online in a different way than like people who are 18 or 19 are online yeah. i mean <laughs> I, I remember yeah. somebody asked for my snapchat like last week and yeah I felt, my, I felt my blood freeze i was like right? i've not used snapchat in like two years maybe no when well, i was like I... In, in like 2013 i used to like have an ongoing snapchat story thing in the way that I currently tweet all the time and that was like how I used to do social oh, media I see. and that just no, seems so long I ago I thought when you said an mm. ongoing Snapchat story thing that you were like using it for like some serialized storytelling that people kept <laughs> sort of I used to make up st- I used to do like stories with it and stuff and like yeah pretty good like, like that, that is kind of like what like DJ Khaled had like some uh amazing like this was also oh. like around that time like the, yeah. the, the series of snapchat stories where he like gets lost in the middle of an ocean it's really good uh, God. i also <laughs> would like to take a jet ski out into the middle of the bay at, i don't know maybe like 11 <laughs> in the in the night at night yeah. and then just sort of lose track of where the land is and then post Snapchat <laughs> saying, hey, if anybody like knows this too. specific person, can you please call her and tell her I'm lost? <laughs> it's like amazing to watch like, those stories where like world famous quote unquote musician DJ Khaled is no, I will in not the middle of nowhere like saying, uh, praise God, God will save me if, if I die here. Uh, you know, like, he was really thinking he was going to die like in the middle of nothing. He really was. Like, uh, if he didn't want to get stuck in the ocean, maybe he should have gone down on his wife instead of going out to sea. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Lucy, would you say that your generation is the generation that's born too late to remember 9-11, uh-huh. too, too early to crush the hype beast aesthetic, and at just the right time to own an unbreakable Nokia phone. <laughs> I I think that hype yeah. beasts are sort of older. No, I don't think so at all. But sure, um, keep, the, the, keep the, like twelve year olds with with are really they? rich parents. Hype hype beasts are well, fifteen year olds. Hype beasts are like my age and l- slightly lower, but also they have to be American or okay. But there's like a big Japanese hype beast. Yeah, I was going to say all Japanese. There's like the big Korean, fashion maybe? thing. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Korean, just saying that I do remember having shitty phones and I do remember the dial up sound. But no, I do not remember 9 <laughs> <laughs> 11. Sorry, Chaz, you're saying yes, correcting me to South Korean. You're right. A North Korean hype beast. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> trying to imagine what that it would look be like. Could be good. 
Well, like, I got the, yeah, I got I do the, feel like Lucy the, is the new like Supreme the youngest. Mao suit. <laughs> I think Lucy is like the youngest possible age to um, to have a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I don't well, think after like me, people... it's like not allowed. Yeah, yeah people you have born after you will simply like lose interest in uh, in content that is like longer. Than yeah, to be fair, minute. my attention span is pretty fucking short. Like, yeah. I can't watch films anymore. The fact that you read books is so is very unusual for a, a Gen Z who don't, you know, mm-hmm. they don't know what books are. They've never seen <laughs> one. <laughs> it's like, it's like, um, imagine one of those like Ben Garrison cartoons that's like um, Gen Z kids picking up a book and being like, um, <laughs> how do I flip the screen? That's my shit. Uh, <laughs> I can't, it won't uh-huh. turn sideways. I don't get it. Um... Uh, but do you think you're the last generation who will ever read a Terry Pratchett book? Do you think the, the kids of the future will be like this is entirely d- possible, digging yes. TP? <laughs> I think about this a lot. Like once he died mm. um, and I was in, because I used to be, as I mentioned before, I was in that theatre group that did one Terry Pratchett play a year. And I was like, damn, how long will this group last now that he's gone, you know, like how long will it remain relevant enough that people will want to join? Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's I mean, one of those theater things is dead anyway. So, where I mean, like even towards the end of his life, where he wasn't putting out books anymore, people were still very into his work. Mm. So no, and I think like after he died, a ton of people got new into his his work. Yeah. that's normal. Yeah, I mean, but it's I more like it's gonna continue, especially as like obviously we've had the watch now, which we'll, yeah, that's we'll get onto. But also like the amazing Morris, which I forgot about, that's coming out at <laughs> some point, uh, presumably. Yeah. This might be the bad zone though. <laughs> this is the bad zone before it before it drops off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like good old man two years ago also like gave a new like, you know, ushered in a new like Tumblr fandom to yeah, if we can make it homoerotic enough, we can keep it alive, I think. The exactly. show the, the show being, like, Greenlight was why I read Good Omens. I, like, I read the yeah. book before I watched it, but that's the reason I read the book. So, I think, <laughs> I think you know, I think there's always room for more people to get but, on board with it, even no, I, I, posthumously. I do think it's possible for new people our age... To get but into Terry Pratchett, people. so like, <laughs> p- for for people to get into Terry, like people are gonna get into Terry Pratchett for like the next two decades, probably. Yeah, he's successful. But accessible. I find it, I do find yeah. it hard to imagine that people younger than us, like five, and by younger I mean like five to ten years younger than us, would like go into the well, bookstore so- and pick up uh, the random Terry Pratchett book and. I think would be I like, think. Oh, what's I, this? No, I disagree. I think we're all suffering from a bit of adult disease here because I, you know, you hey, remember- I haven't said anything about the Zoomers. Thank, thank you, George. <laughs> I no, I just think that I think I don't think tastes change that much, and there's always going to be those kids who, um, you know, they're like, oh, I'm edgy, I read, I like fantasy, I'm not like those other girls. It's <laughs> exactly me yeah. at the time. And sure, I didn't get around to picking up Terry Pratchett books, but that's because my dad tried to make me read The Colour of Magic, and I was like, this fucking sucks, mm. this sucks, yeah. and I don't like it. Um, Classic. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, I read some Neil Gaiman stuff, R.I.P., and I read, like, <laughs> a bunch of other, like, really interesting books that... Um, I, I still liked to this day. And mm-hmm. I, I think, and, and you know, they weren't all 
obviously young adult as a genre has sprung up kind of more in my teenage years than it did any yeah. of you guys. Yeah. But I, you know, I read outside of that as well. And I think it, that might be what puts off younger readers from reading Terry Pratchett because we now have a young adult genre, which I'm not saying is yeah. necessarily bad at all. But he, but, he has um, done young adult books. Um, yeah. yeah, but, but they aren't like young adult books. Like, technically. They aren't capital Y, capital A young adult books. Even no, though it they're does not say, sexy like, a enough. Book they don't for have enough readers, vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're mostly just like his books, but with some of the more adult jokes taken out. So he doesn't, he doesn't make dick jokes some, like as much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, not as... as um, yeah, maybe not. But <laughs> I, mean, I think they're almost but, identical. I mean, the language is simple, are, but vaguely. Very, very little. Yeah, I think... I think Discworld can survive. It has things about it that date it, but they're more yeah. sort of uh, yeah. viewpoints. It's n- not... <laughs> like the race. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and ideologies within it. Yeah. It's not so much the actual text of the books. Uh, or mm. the, I suppose the... Mm. It's not... The, the setting is... You know, it's it's fantastical. It's it's not related to the real world. And when you have things fixed in a particular his- historical moment, that's when things date really fast. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of it is a reflection of a certain kind of British society yeah. that maybe increasingly younger people won't recognize or relate to in but, the same way. I mean, like, are you sure though? Because it's coming off the tales of Thatcherism. And we never really pulled out of that. I mean, that's I one thing. And no. the other thing is when I read, like when I first read this world, I wasn't familiar with British society mm. uh, in the 90s, yeah. like at all. And it and was still like funny you? and enjoyable. So, But you did stop reading it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I stopped reading it, but like not... Not for oh, I don't get it reasons, but more like I. Well, yeah, but not not that I you didn't get like, it, but that you weren't as interested in it. Like that's it not. The, <laughs> no, I loved the books. I read like twenty or thirty of them, and then I, you know, had other things in my life, and I uh, uh, started reading less. And of course, now I'm coming back to them. But like, it's not because I stopped getting interested in Terry Pratchett books, but more because you know. After a while, you've read like a lot, and then you get like move on to other things to read. No, yeah, never. Yeah, no, she's British anyway. Moments where I'm like, oh, this doesn't appeal to, me, or this doesn't, uh, that I cannot relate to these, so I'm not gonna read them. Like that's not, that's not how I read. Yeah, and I think a lot of the Britishness about them is, it's it's a sort of. Um, it's 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 a idea of britishness rather than it's it's a, it's a parody it's yeah. a reflection of and ideas about britishness rather than britishness itself this might it's come across horribly slightly... offensive but uh, <laughs> the idea of britishness is very funny to outstanders like in the same it's way as like it's me true. me as a like i don't know 14 15 year old loved those old like monty python um, sketches and movies even though mm. i have never been to britain up to that like to that point mm-hmm. uh, nor did i even like particularly understand <laughs> that it's like supposed to be british you know yeah it was just funny it's, it's just, just funny jokes yeah yeah 
or, or I mean, I'm I'm yeah. not going to I'm not going to pronounce whether it will survive far into the future or not. But yeah. I think there's reasons to think it might have longevity. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's just funny, yeah. and I know that comedy ages poorly generally, but like. Even the first yeah. books we were, the first books we were reading, like the ones in sort of late eighties, I still think are funny. Like not all the time, because yeah. he had no, I mean, he uh, hadn't got there with people his told me Shakespeare yet. comedies. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one thinks they're funny. Yeah. No, I think the books, like as content, like the, the content of the books, uh, holds up. Of course, I think my question is more like. <laughs> Do people even, like, do younger people even read? Like, I read le- See, much less now than I did but 10 that's, years but, ago. But that's because you're an adult. I think this is the thing. People people read a lot when they're kids because, yeah. by and large, children's books are shorter and easier to read. And often the plot is fast-paced in a way that it's always going to be gripping, even if the story isn't that particularly interesting. And then you grow up and you start reading more advanced texts that take their time they're for adults they bring in more themes and then you read less because it's it's genuinely harder to read the books that are at your level and you wouldn't want to move back down Mm. because you're able to understand those but it it's just takes more time to read things and i think that's that's it's the stuff you see sorry Chaz, in the gifted child like discourse so people like oh my god i used to read like 20 books a day and now i don't read at all and it's like it's because, A, you're an adult, you either have to work or you have to study, and that's an enormous commitment and horrible on your head. Um, and you have to worry about a billion other things. And like, but like also, not, not only that, but um, the way we consume media has massively changed, even in the time yeah. that we yeah. have all grown up. So like, you know, mm. when I was younger, I could just, I, I would only have access to things by reading books or watching like CBBC yeah. or whatever. But then That's what I was going to say. Is when yeah. I was a kid, yeah. there was literally nothing else to do and I was very exactly. isolated. Yeah, exactly. But, but, That's exactly what I was going to say, Chaz. There was nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if, like, you guys, your have, country folk. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have internet on my phone until, like, I was 16 or 17. Oh, my yeah, God. But do you, remember when, do you remember when phones first got internet capabilities and your parents were like, never, ever use this? Yeah. <laughs> it will cost Absolutely. two pounds a minute. Yes, yes, I remember. I, I never did use it. <laughs> no, I did. I, I, I downloaded, like, Dogs with a Z. That was like a, a phone game for my Motorola <laughs> oh. Pebble, and I used to play that. <laughs> I, remember do- I remember that. No, Jesus. me and my friends just used to, like, Bluetooth each other Adele songs. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Like, five five seconds of, like, fucking the Friends theme tune over Bluetooth. Good times. <laughs> 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 just someone playing uh, Nickelback on the on the same Nickelback song on the bus every day for like two years. Uh huh. Yeah. That that was genuinely a thing that happened. Oh fucking. I'd hell. say I'd say I'd say that my one skepticism is a concern about access to Terry Pratchett books that would make people want to read them. In that, mm. I'm I'm not sure if they will continue to stick around in libraries and if libraries there'll be as many libraries i well i think that there being as many libraries is a definite concern under conservative governments but um whether or not they'll stay in libraries i genuinely think that his books will be a mainstay i've never been to a library that didn't have a near a full collection of terry pratchett books they're they're like one of the most like popular fantasy books that have ever been written i think 
Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I don't see them going away out of libraries anytime soon. In short, libraries might disappear in, in favour of sort of Amazon yeah, and that's um, book lending services where you pay yeah. 99p to borrow a book for four days and then if you don't give it back, they, I don't know, steal your firstborn child. When, when I left <laughs> the library um, in the town where I was from, I owed them 60 quid in late fees. Um <laughs> And then they had to give me a book on obsessive compulsive disorder under doctor's orders. And then I kept it and never gave it back. (laughs) And I still have it. (laughs) That's the rules. Okay, let's let's get on to the podcast. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I was just going to say, I did notice that, like, uh, I, I remember, like, five, six seven years ago like bookstores used to have like here like the local bookstore here used to have like always always had like if i went to fantasy books there was like Mm. eight ten twelve terry pratchett books and now like in recent years when i looked they usually only had good omens and Mm. like two or three like regular terry books by chance this is so sad so i don't know yeah, my thought was that it might stick around in the UK for longer, but in more international shops, it might begin to diminish or decrease. Yeah. Well, you know what, guys? Um, it's, like, it's up to us to... To, to keep it alive. <laughs> to keep it alive. Yeah, exactly. So I, like, I We expect... already got, like, a few listeners either into completely, uh, completely into, like, reading Terry mm-hmm. Pratchett, like, people who have never read him before, or, like, some people who are, like, yeah, I'm gonna pick up my reread again now that we have mm-hmm. this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I know at least two people now. At least three people. I just remember another person who also said I'm reading Good Omens. Uh, not Good I Omens. Mean, I mean Small me, Gods now. For one. Like... Yeah. Yeah, four. <laughs> <laughs> please tell your friends about this podcast. Um... Please, please tell them about Terry Pratchett. Let's... Let's keep his name around. I'm becoming the fucking Discord Reddit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Terry GNU, Pratchett Terry fan Pratchett. cams. Uh, yeah. L- Lucy, one day you will understand the GNU thing and you will say that's very good. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Even though, like, the way, the way people on the, the, the Terry Pratchett <coughs> Reddits use it, a little bit cringe. Yeah. But the actual context in the book is very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Anyway, this has been our very long, warm open about yeah. the future of Terry Pratchett books, and now we have to talk about the last episode and entirety the of the Watch of Television Terry series. Pratchett series. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh. the not Terry Pratchett series. Okay. Another Discworld novel, which once again features one of the more familiar characters of the Discworld, Samuel Vines. Mm-hmm. Sam Vines. Uh, he most decidedly doesn't save the world. What he does do is give the world time to save itself, which is very much more of a, a Discworld way of doing things. Sam Vines is not gifted with a huge intellect. It's absolutely right for Sam Vines. Trolls and dwarves and vampires. Discworld way of doing things. Vines finds himself in the same circumstances. I really trust you, I've trusted you up till now. Discworld way of doing things. Hello, 
And welcome to Who Watches the Watch, a Discworld reread podcast and the Watch Watch podcast for people who not only watch the watch, but watch the watch watches as they also watch us watching the watch. Um, I am Chaz, and according to the original pitch of this podcast, this was supposed to be the final episode, but luckily I've trapped my co-hosts into a Faustian, or perhaps Erician bargain, where they are shackled to this podcast, and therefore to me, for at least another year, so don't worry. <laughs> Um, my Ooh. name is Mrs. Lucy Carter-Dunn, and, um, Mr. Stark, <laughs> I don't feel so good. <laughs> uh, my name is Janos, and, buddy, they don't even let me fuck the dragon. <laughs> uh, my name is George, and picture this, I'm a gifted child, I'm going with my petite girlfriend into an LGBT cafe. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I call her my partner, and everyone just kicks off. Okay, this this is just about a tweet that I made this morning, so thank you, George. Yes. <laughs> um, I love our relatable content. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Listen, do you also hate discourse? Do you hate discourse? What about disc horses? What about disc world dragons? I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think there are horses in this world. Disc yeah. horses. Disc. There's I am not trying to. Yeah, death world. has Binky. a horse. Okay, we're good. Binky, yeah. yeah. Death, I, I was, death rides a, I was a scrambling horse. for a second if horses are even confirmed in this uh, this world. But like, <laughs> they yeah, definitely they, are. I choose to there's believe that, times there's horses. that um, any sh- like book or show that doesn't feature horses at some point, they don't exist in that universe. <laughs> um, it Fuck has you. to be confirmed yeah. canon. Sorry, Chaz. <laughs> like, horses exist in everywhere uh, in the multiverse because they're good. So that's my stance I, on the matter. I keep thinking about like a, a stream series I used to watch like f- five years ago uh, where they were like watching video game uh, opening cutscenes. And at one point they tried, they started establishing lores, uh, things such as uh, one of the most important thing of like a video game cutscene is is there a thing that shows that this game takes place on Earth? <laughs> and if it doesn't show <laughs> it, we we have no idea on which planet it takes place, even though everything looks like like uh, it looks on Earth. Mm-hmm. So mm. maybe we can apply the same to horses. You can with Discworld, I mean, because like, they always talk about the fact that they're on the disc at the beginning of every book. Yeah, so exactly. If they don't, then you know that it might not be. So be <laughs> careful. <laughs> Um, I don't anyway. think they talk about the disc in this in this TV series, do they? No, they, they, they never do, said... They do. Then I don't think they ever said the disc world. They, they didn't show the edge at one they point. Mentioned and they mentioned round world, and they mentioned that mm. this happens in another far-off dimension. So yeah. it's implied, but I guess not confirmed. It is confirmed, mm. it just never said. Like they did, they did show the edge at like the twilight whatever episode um twilight canyons twilight canyons episode uh, they did show the edge uh and they did say that the other that there's a round world but they never said i don't think they've ever said the words the disc world which is very weird yeah <laughs> now that i think about it like not i don't want to get a reddit guy about that because there's a ton of other complaints about this show that we will talk about but alert yeah. alert I don't have uh, any complaints. N- new Discworld news. Uh, Lucy really needs a piss. 
Okay. I'm really you sorry. I started I, the podcast. I know. I, <laughs> I, I went before we started and it's all caught up with me again. I'll be really, really quick. I'll be really quick. All you right. guys can start. And I'll just some, uh, okay, go. Just some, go now. Some real, well, well, there's your problem energy in this. I can't believe we're 35 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we haven't even started discussing this. Uh, yeah. I'm going to really speed through this fucking summary because I can't be bothered. Yeah, please. It's so funny okay. that we've watched this show. I don't know why it's so funny to me, but it kind of <laughs> is. It's very weird that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that is like, there's something about this show that it's like very hard to grasp, like in a metaphysical sense, like... I try to think about this show and I feel like it's slipping away from me. Yeah, and it's funny because it I've doesn't... been I've been I've been watching the new Higurashi anime. And yeah, when I'm not watching it, I am thinking about it all the time. Absolutely. Um and I'm I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about things I saw and I'm like, damn, that was so interesting. And then with this show I watch it and then I can't remember anything that yeah. happened in it. Every time and I'm my not... brain sort of slides off it. Every time I'm not actually and I'm not like actively thinking about this show it just cease to, ceases to exist in the world. And I feel like every Monday I forget that we're going to watch it and I'm like, oh yeah, shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This show exists. Yeah. That's what we're it's, talking about. It's, it's yeah. that it exists. <laughs> no, I was going to I was gonna bring this up as well because like I was watching this episode earlier and I was like, this, like it's something, but also it's, yeah, this isn't going to affect like, me after I finish watching it. Yeah, mm. it's like white noise. Yeah, yes. there's lots going on, exactly. but it doesn't actually make it's, sense. It's a great yeah. background no impression. show. It's a great background show. Yeah, I, I, I'd have more fun watching Vampire Diaries. I mean, that seems mean. <laughs> no, um. I know I would agree with you because I think, but with Vampire Diaries, it takes itself sort of awfully seriously and is very funny. Um, mm. And mm-hmm. I think this one. I mean, I think this does take itself seriously. I don't know. Yeah, well, it does I'm gonna, better. Hmm. I'm going to give you a very quick rundown of how the final yeah. episode of The Watch that we watched uh, goes down. Just um, a sec, I need a piss. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm joking, I don't. Um, <laughs> my bit. So, Veterinary locks herself in his cell. Uh, the rest of The Watch are like, oh no, we've got a plan to do the dragon. Once tries to betray Casa, but instead is stabbed and is brought to the watch house. They come up with a plan to try and defeat the dragon using Carrot's mystical virgin powers with help from Sally. Yeah. Uh, Vimes talks to Death, who gives him clues about the observers but wants to join the band. Something to do with the observers watching. Um, God, I can't even make sense of these notes. I'm like blanking. <laughs> Something about hope and love. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once is brought to the watch, uh, she tells them uh, what Cass is planning. Casa goes to try and control the dragon with the artifacts, but it doesn't work. The dragon eats the artifacts. Um, it looks like it's eaten uh, cherry, but it hasn't. But they all think that it has. Um, Casa gets burned up, but then it's put in a cell and is like, "Damn, I never had a chance." And Everything is terrible, but I've done what I was supposed to do by getting everyone killed by the dragon. Inspiring. Um, yeah. Yeah. Real real arc of a character. I really Yeah, I was like, what is this? <laughs> what if a character arc was just a line? <laughs> what if Ca- what if Caster was like, you dropped me? Like, 
I never killed anyone, and then you drop me, and it's like, damn, so what are we meant to get from this? <laughs> <laughs> that Casa was right, because he kind of was. Like a little. I guess. I mean, can't... I mean, Whatever, he wouldn't know what his summer. plan was. <laughs> Cannot get into Casa right now. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> Cherry... Cheery got taken up by the dragon and then she comes back and she's lost her beard and she says she had a conversation with the dragon. This is a great scene. I love to see Cherry do things. Cherry, um, th- this scene, sorry, just, just very quick interlude. I just want to say that Cherry is the best character in the show and, and, and Joe does, yeah. is, it does just does a wonderful job. She is yeah. and the show knows it. And, yeah. But also like at the same time, as cool as I think, it is that uh, Chiri has this like very cool moment. Uh, um, I kind of feel like I kind of wish like the like thing that basically solves the entire series oh, yeah. arc of the dragon <laughs> would have been something that we see on screen. <laughs> <laughs> when I said this is a good scene, I mean I like Chiri's energy in it. The sort of yeah. plot stuff is kind of very, very, very fucking dumb. Um, <laughs> Cherry says that the dragon feels lonely and threatened and is lashing out, and so what they're gonna do is, and it was it was singing the song that Good Boy's been singing, um, which is the Little Dragon, and so they sort of start playing the tune as a band because they get the band back together and in order to attract the dragon, um, and it's the theme song, <laughs> the very yeah. short theme song. <laughs> it um, is like two measures, yeah. <laughs> it's very repetitive. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the dragon appears. They're at least good boy. They have a romantic moment and fly away. Casa dissolves. Um, the, the, um, the, C- the CGI budget also dissolves. Yeah, they've because of this, Casa's never existed. The watch goes back, and because Casa never existed, now once is the villain. And even though she remembers not having done anything, they all think that she orchestrated everything, and so she runs away. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll get onto that. I have some things to say about that. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Once is like, I will never forget Casa, and she doesn't, I guess. Um, <laughs> mm. uh, sh- yeah, she escapes. Everything is back to normal. The dragon's doing whatever it wants to do. Veterinary is reducing the guild's quotas, which I guess solves all the societal problems or get some way towards doing that. The thing is, crime happens because people want to commit crime. Yeah, it's about wanting to. Um, Now the Watch has a representative in the council, uh, which I guess is Sybil. I think so. Um, They've created a bunch of Watch propaganda posters that say the Watch needs you. Yeah. Um, Vimes has yeah. plans with with uh, this last couple scenes. Very weird. Um, Vimes has plans with Lady Sybil, um, and she's like, "Oh, they're doing democratic elections at the Assassins Guild." Like, okay. Um, cool. They drink wine. They drink wine, and they're like, "We will have our romantic relationship." Vimes is like drone. fighting himself. I'm not sure what's happening. Trying uh, no, to stick no, he was washing. Down? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's struggling. He's trying to like make himself to, like, look wash better. himself. And meanwhile, um, the assassins, Doctor Cruces and the little evil girl, are attacking Sybil inside her room. In the other room, um, she what defeats them and shoves them. Scene. She like shoves them down a hatch into her like evil dungeon or whatever it is. I guess. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what even what even had happened to them in the episode where they were last? I don't we remember. remember. I have they no got, memory of it. They this. got magic gay teleported to, I guess, Stolat. Oh yeah, like a farm or cabbages. something. Yeah. But, but how? Okay. Well, they how with the power of gay like, slash homophobic acceptance, depending on how you interpret dark within oh, the dark? Yeah. Oh, no, I rem- yes, I remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, the power yeah of I also completely forgot how that how happened. I forget? Um, yeah. uh, Sybil goes back to Vine. She has a fork in her back, so she goes to get it, and she's like, if I come back and you're still here, I know it's meant to be. But he zaps away into the Observer's realm. Which... Um, and, like, once is there and she's like I you didn't used to be your enemy but now I am your enemy and that's how this that's series ends. That's called good ends. character development. It's called great <laughs> character development and it's so also funny. A, a great way to build romantic tension by a character saying something that no one would really ever say um, to someone they were just going to like say if I was on a date and um, it was going really well we'd known each other for years we really liked each other and then I was like I'm going to the toilet and um there's nothing to no, indicate. No, Lucy, let's be real. Like you wouldn't other. say that. You'd say, I'm going to be real. I'm absolutely busting for a piss. I'm busting <laughs> for a yeah. piss right now. <laughs> I'd say, guy, look, I'm going to be real. I'm absolutely busting for a piss. Um, by the t- if I come back and you're still here, then I know it's meant to be. And then that's a normal thing for people to say, apparently. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. natural dialogue. I mean, that bit's, like, fine. It's just kind of stupid. It's, like, the rest of the it entire- that's, like, incredibly <laughs> dumb as well. Everything that happens after the dragon plot is resolved is... Why? Well, it's because they won a season deranged. two. Yeah. Everything yeah, yeah, after yeah. they resolve be... the plot is like, okay, but how can we seed a second season? I guess, yeah. Yeah, like the um the, the, the thing with detritus and stone talks to Yeah, stone, that never resolved. I, think I thought gonna, that was going to turn up. I think no. he's going to grow out of that rock that they kept. Like, grew. Yeah. I mean, I, he won't now. I agree. But <laughs> no one's renewing this series. Not, this not after everything. No. I'd be very Not in surprised. this economy, yeah. <laughs> it's very weird because, like, I did share an interview with Carrot, um, aka Adam Hugo. Mm-hmm. And Hang on, they sorry, keep what's talking his about how. Huh? What's his surname? Hugo? Okay. Or Hugo. I thought it was huge for a second. I was there like, that's funny, but Carrie. Huge gill. <laughs> He's got huge gills. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Hugo, I don't know. Uh, nobody knows. Uh, and they do talk about how, like, oh, well, yeah, we'll set up all this great things about season two. Uh, and, yeah, it does say, like, in the interview that, uh, well, it hasn't been renewed yet, but mm. sure does set up a lot of things for the next season. Mm. See, I don't understand. Like, I get does. why shows would optimistically set up a second season, but also, I think when you have that much sort of initial backlash for what you're doing, um, mm. personally, I wouldn't spend 50 minutes of a 45-minute episode dedicated to setting up a second season that most likely isn't going to happen. Mm. I mean, I they didn't have of- as much backlash when they were filming it. Yeah, the production would already have That's gone true. too far for them to change yeah. that by then. Yeah, but like, still, I would like kind of want to like wrap up my first season satisfyingly instead of like seeding some very convoluted uh, start for a season two like this. Yeah, I don't know why they can't just have it be like we're gonna do mysteries in the future. I can't wait for That's new not mysteries. <laughs> I think it's just. Well, what if you had all the satisfying storytelling of Stephen Moffat, Moff, Stephen Moffat on Mescaline? 
<laughs> yeah, this really is a this really is like a, a worse copycat version of like Stephen Moffat type storytelling, except it's like mm. even less like satisfying on a base level. Uh, yeah. Should we start about the episode like in detail and then talk about like the entire series and how it wraps up plots mm-hmm. or whatever? Why don't we yes. we talk about individual parts maybe? Yeah. yeah, sort of structure it. Okay, so should we do stuff I will we say, like? like? The first scene, the first scene of this episode, right, was was veterinary, and mm. mm-hmm. it did hit me like one, completely forgot veterinarians in the show, <laughs> and two, like, what's the point of veterinary being here? Mm, For visual, to show she doesn't care. Yeah. I I did like her big red like yeah. puffy dress this thing. This is what it I was, was very good. I was like maybe we should go through things that we liked and then we can move on uh-huh. to stuff we didn't because I feel like that's going to be the larger portion. Okay. Okay. So I want to say uh, like I like Vesenari's big red dress and uh uh Twilight Lodge room. Is it Twilight Lodge? What's it called? I've not no. watched Twin Peaks. <laughs> the Black Lodge red, or Red Lodge. The Twilight Lodge. Listen, here is my objective, um, irrefutable breakdown of this season. Best episode, Twilight Canyons. Worst episode, Exposition Desert. Best character, Cherry. Worst character, Carrot slash Sybil. I I would go Sybil, actually. I would go Sybil, yeah. Carrot is nothing. Sybil is dislikable. Yeah, exactly. Carrot is nothing, but Sybil is like, I have so many issues with her. Oh my god. Yeah, I, yeah I, okay. I, I don't disagree with you on anything else, though, Jazz. I, I think you're right about that. It's just correct. Episode, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Good things. Costume design, set yeah, design. Set design. Um, the uh, bits where they're allowed good. to make funny jokes about the world. Those bits mm. are good. Musical yeah. numbers, yeah. maybe. I love Music the musical numbers. I'm obsessed with the musical numbers. I take them, like, I want full musical episodes of this, really. Yeah. yeah. I, I really like that. my one complaint about the musical numbers is is that like they could have done could have been like longer or having more focus yeah, on them. Yeah, it's like, like the, my issue with them is there wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rowan, Rowan was saying in the um in the stream chat that like wouldn't it be better if they were just like musicians who solve yeah. mysteries rather than being cops? Yeah, <laughs> I mean because they're all they all play the correct instruments for the band like. You'd, you'd think that it would fit a bit more naturally. You could do like a, a musicians' guild kind of thing. Um, yeah, and they all got fired from the from the watch, and the watch got shut down, so they had to become a musician. Oh, that would be so yeah. good! Mm. A band of roving musicians solving yeah. mysteries. Yeah, but like the ideology of the cool. show is in, yeah. and is confirmed in this final episode that like police good. Yeah, we'll get to um, that. Other <laughs> uh, good so, things about this show, I don't know. I love the I I love Cruises and uh and Assassin Girl. Yeah, I love Assassin's Cruises Girl. I love Matt Berry as the sword. Yes. Every sword time that sword is way on way. screen and talking, I'm clapping my hands like a seal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a bit in this where he's like Cassis taking him to um do whatever control thing that he fails to do. So what was the point? <laughs> um I liked I liked and, Sally or or as as Lucy said manic I like Sally. vampire girl manic uh, Sally yeah, she's very girl. funny she's yeah. very funny and there's a bit in this where she's like um 
Uh, she's talking to Carrot and she's like, so if the dragon stops eating virgins, then people will notice if virgins continue to keep disappearing around the city. <laughs> and I did think that was very funny. <laughs> and I like her vibes. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I do, I do want to say again, one of the best things about the show is Joe Eaton Kent. They do, yes. yeah, I think, Joey a really good job. Too. I think... Yeah, I think they and um extremely charismatic ex- on screen. Absolutely. And uh Richard Dormer as well, I think does a fantastic job. Yes. I think yeah. as as actors, those two really do shine. Um yeah. and I enjoy yeah, all their scenes. The like the Vimes caricature is really funny and um I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I mean, I could Richard Dormer has been in like Game that. of Thrones and whatever and like he's I guess like kind of semi acclaimed, but I do think uh like Joe Eaton Kent is like the um how do we say it breakout star of this yeah <laughs> like yeah. the Seems one who who like has the chances to become a household MVP. name after this mm-hmm. yeah uh, I hope like, they get more roles you be- know? yeah better <laughs> yeah. roles yeah like this was a good yeah. role for her or for uh for for Joe but you know like yeah, in, in good things more. I guess would be good yeah I think I think like Pretty much, the vast majority of the cast are good actors, yeah. and they're yeah. acting well. Yeah, yeah, like even Adam um, Hugo, who, but who played Carrot. they're just given. Yeah, they're not given Carrot, good stuff I mean, to do. Like in, in terms of character and story, the guy who played often. Carrot, huge hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I th- like he could be the greatest actor on the show, and I wouldn't know because. I felt like it's just not. I mean, I know we're doing things we like, but he's just not doing anything in this. Yeah, we kind of said this last week that, like, that, or I don't know if we said this on podcast or just in the stream chat, but when, when, like, when he played like alternate dimension carrot. He suddenly had so much more fun in the role. Oh, and we yeah. said this on the yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they let him. They let him have fun, and he was actually like good. Yeah, like I think Sybil's actress is like good. I just yeah. think Sybil is yeah. good. And like when, when she's like doing more normal stuff, she's really good. Like when she's drinking that big bottle of whiskey and then throwing up and that and stuff. Like she's pretty good at like comedic moments, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just her character is just batshit and doesn't make any sense <laughs> and is inconsistent. Like, yeah, she her character is extremely unlikable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which would be fine if she was supposed to be. If she was supposed to be unlikable, yeah. then that would be cool. Like but like she's, But in she's this not. episode we have Vimes I mean I feel like it's it's so hard to talk about things you like without comparing oh my God. Them to stuff that we don't. But I really just have to. I know the scene you're about yeah, to say. Where, yeah, where they're like gonna get burnt to death or something, and him uh, and Vimes and Sybil are having like a moment where they're talking to each other, and he's there like, your these your X Y Z kinds of qualities and. I'm none of those, and you're always going to be better than me. And in my head, I'm thinking like, yeah, what, what, <laughs> what? <laughs> he does yeah, more than well. she does just by doing nothing. Like yeah. he's more a force for good by doing nothing and being drunk than she is doing whatever weird shit she's doing. What? Like, yeah, he gave all the misfits in the watch like a place to like be, even yeah. though that was to be cops. Yeah, uh, I think Sybil. And then she was like, "What if you were more cop?" <laughs> I think Sybil suffers the most from this, but also kind of Carrot from the thing of um, characters being only described or like reflected through like the way other characters like talk about them or think about them, but like none of their actions actually fitting in those like descriptions or characterizations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, yeah, you're right. 
Say when people talk yeah. about Carrot being really brave or like Vimes' yeah. protege. Hasn't and it's done like, anything. What? <laughs> since, when, yeah. since when, though? Like... <laughs> I guess he's brave in this when he's like, I will sacrifice myself to try and stop the dragon. But like, yeah. we haven't seen that for the rest of the season. You could almost say that that's like his arc if like he was presented as being cowardly or something at the beginning. <laughs> I don't know. But he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think Angua yeah. develops. I mean, I guess we're just moving on to character yeah. issues now. But like, I feel like Angua, if anything, gets more cop. Yeah. And yeah, she was cool in the first like two episodes. Yeah, I mean, from what I like got from her character, she was like aloof about the whole watch thing. She was like, yeah. "I'm cool. I don't really care about being a cop because I'm just here to get a paycheck and um yeah. and ring." A I bell. think she was supposed to be jaded and disillusioned. Yeah, with the good quote unquote she could do mm. being a cop. Yeah. Um, and then Carrot inspires her to be, yeah. to, be to, 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 to commit really brutality. I, <laughs> yeah, if we're ta- already talking about, like, we, like, mentioned Carrot and now we're talking about Angua, then I will, like, bring up, once again, like, the, the main thing about this interview with Adam Huge, uh, where he... <laughs> th- there's a bit in the interview where uh, the... The person who wrote this interview says, Now let's turn our attention to all the Angua Carrot shippers who are hoping to see the pair's friendship take a step in the romantic direction on Sunday. You were probably a little disappointed to see the furthest they got was when Angua overheard Carrot telling the magical mirror in the watch house. Angua, I think you're cool. You know what? I'm not that disappointed. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Um, and I th- and and we talked. We, you know, you said this on our on our chat. I don't think anybody ships these two, at least no. not in the show. They have no. Literally, the only reason to ship them is because you know they're a couple in the book. They're a couple That's in the book, it. and they're a man and a woman. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're standing next to each other in several scenes. It it is yeah, and it, it does. It it literally is one of those things where it's like the show. It's doing the compulsory heterosexuality thing, and it's like obviously yeah. they are a couple in the books and stuff. But you could have replaced Carrot with anybody, <laughs> really. Yeah. You could have made Carrot a girl. I don't know. You could have made Carrot a girl. You could have changed both Carrot and Angua to to call on a nobby, call on a nobby, and made them call gay, on a nobby, which would have oh my been God. such a fucking great. Anyway, I'm just. Can you imagine? The, oh my yeah. god! This the show has a tone so problem. I don't think that that would have helped, but I think. <laughs> no, but it would have been funny. But it would have been really funny, and I just think having having like Carrot and Angua in the show when in the book they do have, I think, quite a well a, a well written chemistry. They um, do. Yeah. Because I I went. But Carrot is a character in the book. Yeah. Well, exactly, exactly. Lucy, did you read Men at Arms ahead I, of schedule? I can't believe. This. I did. Yes, I'm sorry. We started it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We I were read it ahead talk too, about several it. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, they got genuine chemistry in it, and then in the show, they're like, "Well, if we have Carrot and Angua, then they will have chemistry," and it's like they have to yeah. have scenes together. Which they don't really, apart from yeah. ones where Angua is being way too police brutality for me to care. Um, yeah, like, it almost but- feels weird. Like she's like 
I don't know, like, she's an adult and he's, like, a teenager or something. It just feels, like, all weird and yeah. wrong, you know? It's like the vibes just don't make sense. Like, I can't see why she would consider dating him. No, I mean, either. in the book it works because, like, we have Carrot entered. Like, this is the thing I mentioned a few times already, but it works because we have characters introduced, like, one by one or, like, in, in smaller mm. waves. So we already know Carrot through Guards Guides. Never meet Angua in the next book. And now it's like, you know, in the last book, Carrot was the new guy. Now he's still kind of the new guy, but like already a bit experienced. And now Angua is new. So then you can like develop like their thing or whatever. But in in this one, like having them like both like already be there in the first episode and like with all the other things going on together, you really have to do like a much better job to make me care about them. <laughs> Mm. Look, yeah. no, he's not called Carrot because his hair is red. It's because of the way his body shape oh tapers God. down from his shoulders. <laughs> I, just, I sometimes wonder if casting directors these days just don't do like chemistry tests. No, with, um, no, actors. I, I don't think that they do. And I, which is a sh- because I think all these actors what, probably just putting acid on them. Yes, I mean that's it. Well, I mean, I you, think, you do like screen tests. I think if these actors had done chemistry tests with with mm-hmm. you know good romantic material they probably could have done a really good job but they just didn't mm. get it yeah i don't think there's any romantic yeah. material in this which yeah. i'm fine I mean, with the- i think the better ship in that i would come out of watching this show with is angua and cheery of course but it's not <laughs> yeah. like there was never a chance for that to happen like Let's be real. No, I know. The fans would be mad. No. <laughs> I yeah, I I don't think there was like with with like all the deviations that the the show makes from the book, uh there was never a chance for like alternate canon ships to happen. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Which I think is yeah, why you no, get the, the sort of Sybil Vimes problem in this as well. Yeah. Where Sybil kind of the is, same thing, yeah. Yeah, Sybil is... Well, first of all, they don't have a lot of chemistry, if yeah. any. And, like, it, <laughs> when they're talking in Vimes, it's like, you're a much better person than I ever have been. And it's like, I don't think that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I think to, to, to have, a, have a couple with properly developed chemistry, you have to have fully realised characters. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think partly because of its pacing this show does lack for that a bit. And like with with the Vimes and Sybil, they are so far away from their book characters and obviously that's fine hypothetically, but like the, the characters in the books end up in a relationship because they're both alone and they're quite old and they like each yeah. other enough. And it, it's not, it's never like a, I don't know, it's like a choice they make more or less. Yeah. Um, whereas in this, yeah. like, I don't know why she would choose to be with this Vimes because he's just like an insane mess who's sort of rolling around, <laughs> being it's, it's... being very funny. But like, you can't see what the potential for romance is no. for her. And then she's just like this sort of sociopathic. Um, <laughs> or she's just this very like deranged uh, vigilante. Loves to loves to hurt people. Has Sibyl, very confusing beliefs. Sybil would be wearing um, black tactical gear with a Punisher skull, <laughs> like, uh, ta- like um, tactical what do they call a morale patch on her plate carrier. 
in real life. Yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah. we are the thin blue line. But Chen is very funny with you. While beating one of them to death with a flag that says back for blue. Chen, yeah. I, lo- I like that you say uh, they make a choice to be together in the book. Because yeah. in this one, it's like Vimes sees it in his future. They're going to yes, end up together. Yes. And she, yeah, he's like, I guess we're together. Worst reason to get together with someone. And she, for some reason, is passively fine with it. And it's like, I honestly don't think we've seen... We've seen them have scenes together, which if you are a heterosexual uh, producer or scriptwriter, can seem like it's enough, but it isn't. <laughs> um, and and uh, <laughs> I've seen enough movies where there is a man and a woman in it and they simply have scenes together and then they kiss at the end. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it, it's pretty much there's supposed there's supposed to be read as sexual tension, but I, it's uh, miss. I don't buy it. No, and mm. you know you have the whole last episode where they had the whole prison thingy, and like he doesn't kill Sybil in either universe, but I don't think that uh, that's not the same as the romance. No, exactly. <laughs> no, it, that's that's more to do with him being like a good person rather than yeah, exactly. <laughs> r- like you, you like to think to that her. he wouldn't have killed anybody he'd seen in either of those situations, rather than he wouldn't kill specifically Sybil because then specifically Sybil. that would undermine the the point of the sort of morality play of it. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I just. You know. There's so many. There's so few mainstream tv shows these days maybe it's just tv shows now it's films as well you know where you're like these characters want to fuck each other you know and you're like yeah. you can it's visceral i mean that doesn't have to be this because this is a fantasy show that's like not about yeah. that but like you it, it would just make it sort of i don't know <laughs> give it something i mean i'm fine with not to be like fucking lily orchard being <laughs> like no sex scene adds to a story but I'd be like no, she's for, right. For an eight episode she's show, right. I'd be perfectly fine if no couples came out of eight episodes of a TV yeah. show. Like you don't yeah. have to put a romantic uh, plot in your story. Yeah, I think I've seen good shows that have um, really believable and sexual romantic relationships between characters in like even under eight episodes sometimes. Yeah. But it's because they're deliberately spending a lot of time on those characters it's because the, that relationship is usually the main plot point or if not it is a sort of secondary mm. plot to the main one which is in you know they're still both relating to it whereas in this the the main plot is so there's too much of it there's a lot know, of it but also not enough <laughs> yeah there's so much of it and, and yeah we- i think that is the main thing that like a, a big part of all the problem with sort of underlined so far in our entire like watch of this series mm. are pacing things. They just simply don't have time to like develop a lot of the things that they want to be important or valued or mm. meaningful in the story because the story moves at 500 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. And, it-, and it, it started off fast. It slowed down a little bit and then it got really fast again. You know what has like fantasy plot lines yet somehow manages to develop great character relationships? BBC Merlin. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had no idea where Merlin that was going. A lot of episodes, but I do, I do agree with you. Every time I watched it, I was turned on. I'm not sure why. Yeah. 
Um, some episodes. I wanted you to be. That was the point of the series. Every time um, Morgana came on screen, my little eleven-year-old self was like, "Wow, I'm really horny." Um, I wonder why. I'm sure this has all the, all the actors in the show. Like in the later seasons, it definitely dissolved. Yeah. Um, into incoherence, and the characters got very weird. Um, as a fault of the writers, but like with the early seasons, you know, you can have character development through plot in a way where you can fit in like you know some substantial plot movement and and have it be effective and have it be like deliberate I, it's just like something in the show somehow i don't even know what they spend time on it's like scenes that don't matter it's the scenes that don't matter things that aren't important and it's like they're too convoluted and they could be simpler and there could be less scenes where they still manage to like it's- it have the same stuff. It comes from there's so too Merlin, much trying to go on exactly. Yeah. So like Merlin, yeah. you had usually oh I have to sneeze. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was the most causing, insane lead up to a sneeze. <laughs> causing chaos on this podcast. No, I'm sorry, constantly I'm sorry. My body is destructive. Um. Anyway, but yeah. In, <laughs> In Merlin, you have, like, kind of a monster of the week format yeah. for the most part. And the characters have already been introduced. So you don't have to go through the work of being like, oh, this is uh, fucking Lancelot. He's got nice hair or whatever. Every episode, you just know he's that's Lancelot. Uh, or this is Percival. <laughs> he wears sh- uh, sleeveless chainmail. Yeah, I know him. You're just like, oh, big arms. You know, you know him. Where... <laughs> And like, what, is that the guy who plays Billy Bones on Black Black? Sun? Yes, yes. <laughs> he's just got big arms. Yes, he's <laughs> big, just arms. big arm guy. Yeah. yeah, he's the arm guy. <laughs> um, he also plays uh one of the characters in Umbrella Academy, I think, who also is big. Yeah, the monkey. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> or the, big arm. The hairy, also, he was in guy. Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh yeah, he was Dickon, wasn't yes. he? <laughs> Yes. Oh, finally, finally a character I recognize. Yeah, I, I was so <laughs> yes. lost, but now I know who you talk about. <laughs> Fucking yeah. Dickon. But yeah, like, like, then Dickon. he gets incinerated in like one episode. Yeah, <laughs> he's important. What a great show. Um, but yeah, they they had they had space to work with the characters, whereas this one it's like okay, we we have eight episodes, and yeah, all maybe of the it's plot just has too many to characters be... for too few episodes. Yeah, and 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 that's interesting because it Too does still seem like there were about seven characters. Mm. <laughs> so I think yeah, I think there was just too much going on. There yeah. was too much, and at the same time, not in like the mm. things that were it just going feel on didn't substantial. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not like it, nothing had the weight that you like. God, the plotting of the show is so insane. Um, to even try to talk about it, like the. <laughs> The main thing about the dragon felt like... Oh my god. Like, it had been set up in episode one, right? That the mm. dragon is gonna be caught upon or whatever. And then we have, like, a series of MacGuffins that need to be collected. Yeah. So and then the it... <laughs> dragon can be called. What if they were all pointless? Yeah. <laughs> and then in the final episode, the Carson finally calls the dragon. And he's like... I have fulfilled my purpose. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like why? Why did he do it? What what was his reasoning again? He wanted everything to burn because he was mad. <laughs> and he didn't want to die. Yeah, so the main thing is that he has to do it. 
because otherwise the observers are going to delete him from existence, which isn't really... It's not a character... Obviously, he is upset as well, and he's like, oh, he says something about, like, everything will be fair now or something. That's like, okay. Um, But, like, it's not even, like, a character decision, which is the same thing as they did in the Cherry episode, where it sort of removes the agency of the character and things are just happening because of outside forces that are beyond their control. And so no one's making decisions for most of this series. <laughs> yeah. Except yeah. for Sybil, who's making bad ones. <laughs> making to beat decisions to torture and uh, re-educate people, yeah. But whoa. Yeah, and I, then the other I characters aren't really making... Yeah. I feel sorry for yeah, Carson. I think he's as well. I mean also the actor, but yes. the character. He's just a but guy yeah, yeah. who <laughs> grew up in horrible circumstances and hated yeah. the police, which we can all relate. Um and then got left to fall off a building and then forced by intergalactic non entities to kill a bunch of people and then he f- he faded away like um boy spider-man at the end of infinity war or endgame yeah exactly like sure. it was. he summoned Spider the dragon Child. and then the dragon thing is taken care of in like within eight to ten minutes of showtime yeah mm-hmm. and, yeah and then kaiser fades away sure. and that's it and that's the big like that is the main plot of this tv show that stretches from episode one to episode eight and I was like, like after after that, like you know, after we watched the episode um, in the Discord, uh, I then like took a shower and I was like thinking about how, I mean, what was the point? What is the point of anything in this show? I mean, yeah, like they, the way the dragon goes away um, mm. in this uh, seems. It's taken directly from the book. It, it is, yes. Um, yeah. And, oh, Ish. But, um, I mean, no, yeah, no, it is. It is. You know, the dragons are horny yeah. uh, and that solves the problem. So they do fuck. Um, the, the, that's the point. I'm just, I'm stuck on the size thing for them, but we can get to that in a bit. Carry on, George. It's the same in the books. That you just, the dragons yeah. fly by, fuck by flying into one another's eyes, uh, high speed, apparently. <laughs> yeah. When their eyes turn into a giant heart, yeah, uh, and then they explode. Shrek hours. is coming. Mm. You click the woohoo kind of option, like floating into above mist. their head, um, and then yeah, yeah, and then there's yeah. like smoke, and then there's there's <laughs> but, a little dragon sign, and then two plus signs next to it in green. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but what were you gonna say about this, George? Oh, sorry. Um, in this, that that kind of it has no relation to the plot. It's yeah. Just. No. It is a literal Deus Ex Machina, where in the the the, the, the plot, it's a plot beat taken from the book, where it actually has like it actually has some meaning and like it can it has sort of relation to the themes that the really yeah because the rest of that, the, that it's working with in that book because yeah because in, in the book like the rest of it is about how people react to, to there being a dragon, which is completely absent from this. Yeah. You yeah, have, and you how have... people it's about the pursuit of power and yeah. the destructiveness mm. of the pursuit of power and um and people's willingness to fall in line behind power even yes. when it's a literal dragon that wants to eat you um yeah. and then it, this being sort of it being so, solved by a particularly uh, sort of ridiculous thing it kind of undercuts this Mm-hmm. And it, it serves as sort of comedic foil to all that. In this, it's just a thing that kind of happens, and you're like, oh, that. It's just a way of solving that plot, plot, 
plot problem for the writers of how do you get rid of this dragon so we can do the yeah. rest of the stuff we yeah. want to do that's later on in the script. Yeah. And it also, um, it sort of reflects the Sybil and Vimes relationship in that book as well, where it's like, um, they're just sort of lonely, like Vimes and Sybil are just sort of lonely. Yeah. And so in the end, it's sort of, it, it sort of mirrors. It's just um, like, I'm, I'm really hung up on how it just never really registers why this dragon thing matters. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying make mm. it exactly like in the book. Even though I do think it's pretty cool uh, the way it, like, the thing George just said, the way it, like, relates to people's relations to power. Whatever. You don't need to make it exactly like that, but at least, like, give it some weight beyond of... And I think the other thing is that the MacGuffin plot that they connected to it is so weak. Uh, It's just, like, fucking Infinity Stones Marvel bullshit. Yeah, but I mean, also, the, the dragon is, like, also kind of put up as exclusively as, as exclusively a threat to virgins, which, whilst I understand makes it a couple funny jokes in a TV show, it doesn't really make the dragon a very threatening enemy for, <laughs> for like, the society that we see in this show. Um, yeah. I mean, is it supposed to be actually only going for virgins, or is that just something that people think in in universe? Well, because they have they have like the lists of all the people that have died, and they're all virgins. I I don't know the how they verify it, but um, <laughs> um <laughs> and like yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a bit. I mean, I it's woolly, isn't it? As a plot, like it's sort of yeah. a bit difficult to see what's happening. But also, the dragon never seems like a massive threat. Is the thing. And yeah. where it, yeah. whereas in Guards Guards it like it did feel very life changing for everybody and they were like, Well, maybe if we just submit to it then it'll be fine. But no you know, there's, there's it changes yeah. the power dynamics and the politics of the city. Exactly. And and, yeah. and none of that's in this where people are sort of saying, Well, maybe if we just submit to the dragon then it won't burn us to death or eat us. Yeah. But in, in in this, everybody just runs away and, and throat capitalizes on the thieves' guild, which is not something I dislike. I think that's fine, um, but just the whole like the <laughs> a dragon attacking your city should probably mean something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dragon it is just a dragon. Yeah, it's like the not to quote the Georgia <laughs> Martin thing again about like if you put a dragon in your story, it has to like. <laughs> become about the dragon <laughs> but you you have to like examine these things within your story like how how people react to that i don't know like maybe dedicate a few more episodes to that and like cut out like one of the MacGuffins or two of them i don't know no just do some more jump cuts and another like three very quick scenes. <laughs> <laughs> i just think they literally didn't need to do any of the three magical object stuff because not only was it not memorable even when they were looking for these objects when they were talking about them i was always like oh yeah we're doing that but also it 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 was one of those things where they hinted at carrot being um like blue-blooded or whatever the fuck and then he wasn't and then the crown was just kind of there whilst we had the cheery backstory which i think they could have probably worked in another way and then the sword, mm. which, like, it's Matt Berry. The sword's good. You can Keep find a way to get him in there. Yeah. I could yeah. just have a He's sword. It's fucking great. <laughs> I or just, make I... the story not about the dragon. Like, that's, like if you don't no. want to 
make the show's like main plot about like the guards guards plot of the dragon just mm. fucking i don't know do feet of clay do fucking yeah do the fifth elephant <laughs> i do don't the, know i was about i was about to say elephant. do um <laughs> Uh, the gun one, fucking uh, yeah, men at arms, men at arms, but also like the way they use crossbows or or hand crossbows in the show is uh, functionally identical to police handgun use. So it's sort of hard to <laughs> you mean indiscriminate, <laughs> yeah, indiscriminately, yeah. um, and constant, constant. So yeah, yeah like the- cool. And I can't believe there was no goblin revolution. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> a thing which they, they even tricked. make a joke about in the I text. know, they're like, oh, it seems like they're just <laughs> using you as a, as a punchline, which apparently they were. <sighs> wow. <sighs> when will media take communism seriously? <laughs> <laughs> when some, will some, uh... we be paid as writers? Exactly. <laughs> there was so much promising stuff in this, in, in like the first the early like, ones. four yeah. episodes of this show. Yeah. And I, mm. I really don't think that... Maybe three. You know, if if this show is renewed for a second season, which I, you know, I think is probably unlikely, but um, if it is... Highly unlikely. I would like them to listen to this podcast. And I would Please. like them to um, hear our personal <laughs> recommendations. Uh, this is to the writers specifically. About about what we won. Mm-hmm. I know you're listening. We, yeah. I know you're Look, listening. Joe retweeted us once uh, yeah. where we said factors. Um, thanks, is still Joe. True. Yeah. Uh, uh, the like fucking audio editor of this show follows us on Twitter. So yeah, you know. maybe he listens. We don't know. <laughs> I don't know your name, like, but dude, like if I you cannot fault power. the audio editing. It was it was good. Yeah, excellent job as always. Yeah. Um, also yeah. loved your work on Misfits. Good show. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good show. Season. Great show. Yeah, I do love Misfits. Apart from when they changed the cast and then I stopped watching. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the good seasons of Misfits. I the good seasons of Misfits. I loved them. Um, I just want if you if you work on the watch and and you listen to the show, I just want you to know we have hope. I have hope. I don't know about the others. I ha- I have hope. I think something something good could can be salvaged from this. I personally would like to see a lot more cheery. I'd like a cheery-centric series, um, and I'd like a lot more gay romance, personally. Not for for sort of to- token reasons, but also but just because I think that the relationships that have been set up in this show between men and women don't work in the way that the friendships between um, characters of the same gender do work. Which is, I mean, honestly, that's like the mood for every single TV show. Tony is the name of the sound editor guy. Like Tony freaking Stark. <laughs> Epic. And also the official watch account also follows us. So, you know, if you, if you, the social media person of the watch follows us. Look, we, we, Lucy, want, we want to like your show. Lucy is Lucy. Lucy's gone. I think she just, she got hit by a meteorite. <laughs> One of the writers turned up in her house and shot her in the head as soon as she started talking about them. <laughs> the, the small creepy child from the Assassin's Guild has started Yeah, it was behind her. her the entire time. <laughs> uh. I was going to say that, because um, we were talking about Casa and you know, she said that nothing in this show mattered. And I, I'm still trying to pass, yeah. like, the point of the whole 
Vimes letting cast a full thing and what that was supposed oh, yeah. to say about him that he resolved. Yeah, because if you want to, it never happened. Like I, I just mentioned a few other watch books. Just fucking make it about Nightwatch if you want to. <laughs> Like fucking, then do a better job at examining the Carson stuff. Uh, even though like this Carson is very different from Carson and Nightwatch or whatever, but like you can do that, but then don't like bring in the dragon anyway. Mm. Oh, 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 Lucy! Hello, Hello. Oh, you're back. back. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. I'm using my my phone data to do this because our internet's oh, it's absolute yeah. shite. But, um, this have... is also just a thing that happens with Discord sometimes. Yeah, you see, you see, this is what it would be like if we had communism and broadband was uh, you know, nationalized. Mm. Just to finish yeah, off the dragon stuff, like now. before we get to the castle stuff, <laughs> you are gonna say um, the other thing I kept thinking about is that the way they're trying to mesh different stuff from different books together, but still try to have an overarching plot that lasts for the entire season with the dragon thing just really didn't work for me like if if you think like the other thing i kept thinking if you think the dragon plot isn't enough to stretch it for an entire series just fucking do the do it like anime and have like mini arcs or whatever like if the <laughs> make the first three episodes about the dragon plot then make three episodes about like a different plot. That's also fine. But like, or you having have this... like every other episode is a dragon thing, and then the the medium ones are like each character has something from their particular backstory come back to haunt them that they then have to go mm. and deal with, and then they come back and they're like, okay, now let's time to get back to <laughs> the dragon. Maybe I don't know. But now everyone does a thirty second monologue in between firing yes. crossbow bolts at each other. <laughs> <laughs> a great a great thing yes i also love jojo <laughs> it's pretty i do very fun. <laughs> um yeah. But yeah i just i just don't think the, the the dragon stuff like it stretched so thin it had so little weight that like when it came back like in this episode i i was like or, or even like last episode we were like remember that there was dragon in this show very <laughs> like oh that's happening <laughs> Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's apocalypse. talk about Casa. Yeah. Oh wait, not actually an apocalypse. It's all fine. It never was going to happen anyway. Yeah, my point yeah. about Casa was just that, as, as I was saying, I I never, I didn't get what Vimes' relation to Casa was supposed to say about Vimes, or how the way it resolved was supposed to have any meaning to Vimes, especially considering he just forgot he existed, and yeah. like. I don't know. Weird. Well, yeah, you. Th- the, like the narrative, the narrative of Vimes and Carter has n- no apparent message, or a ma- like I couldn't work out what the message of that was. Yeah, is it that he's bad and he's like a fake cop because he didn't arrest him but let him fall, <laughs> or that he's too afraid to do good things, or but like what? What? I don't know what yeah. it's supposed to but, mean. Like, the, the- yeah. What are the al- alternatives in these situations? Because you have the alternate reality where their roles were switched and it was Vimes imprisoned for life, which yeah is is that more ethical? Is that a hero position is that for what he was supposed to, to be do? in in that situation? Because I understand that in terms of how 
um, media presents incarceration that that is a moral thing to do. But... Incarceration? Aye. <laughs> Got him. That's what it meant. But like, <laughs> it's just, it's like, well, well so in, in this universe, Vimes let him drop and in this other specific, but only one other specific universe, um, it was swapped and Casa didn't let him drop. But it's like, if you're going to introduce a multiverse, I have to assume there's other realities where Vimes pulled him up or where Casa let him drop. I just, it, I'm not sure what it, what, what is it? There, yeah. <laughs> there was no conclusion to it. They just sort of, there was, there was very little change from the beginning to the end. They just learned slightly more about what had happened in other universes. Yeah. And mm. that, Carso was doing this because he didn't want to be deleted from existence, which is like wh- whether you say fair enough to that or not is uh, opinion. But I do say fair enough. There's a reason he's doing what he's doing. <laughs> mm. um, like, and like when he when when Vimes was in the exposition desert and he was having like <laughs> memories of him and Carso in the at the home or the the boys zone or whatever, like. And, the, and then De- death is there as like a dog and he's like oh the dog hates you because it's afraid or feels backed into the corner and i was like is this just about vimes or is this supposed to be about caster as well is he supposed to be like i don't know like try and understand caster or understand that he was hurt when he let him fall or whatever but like none of that comes back so why <laughs> <laughs> yeah like we're supposed to, we're, we're, like, we understand that Vimes feels bad about letting Carter fall. Like, he regrets mm. it. Um, but then there's, like, th- nothing is ever taken from those initial, those initial, like, positions. That Carter, Carter wants sort of revenge or is, is uh, you know, feels angry about being let to fall to his uh, apparent death by his best friend. Yeah. Uh, and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then Vimes feels bad about it in the future, and then 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 the then, it, then the thing ends, the, the series ends. Yeah, uh, it is what you were saying, Chaz. That um, nothing anyone does, or nothing that a lot of the the things set up initially turn out to not actually do anything or mean anything. Yeah, is, yeah. Uh, you know, you can have. Um, stories written where things don't mean anything. Like, I fucking love the Coen Brothers, <laughs> brothers as I've mentioned before, and their films yeah, are man keeps saying essentially this. nihilist. Yeah. <laughs> men keep telling me to watch uh, the Coen Brothers instead of going to therapy. Um, My co-host mm-hmm. keeps getting me to try and watch right. the Coen Brothers movies, but they're I pretty good. won't do it. You oh, didn't so even say they're that so, you have to watch they're it. They're so good. <laughs> they're so good. Um, they are so good. They are um, good. I, I think they're, they're extremely they're good. Actually, they're pretty good. They're very good, um, actually. I'll take your word really for good. it, but I, I, maybe we should make a Patreon goal where at some point I'll watch a Coen Brothers movie. Okay, at 17 patrons. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Listener, do you oh, want so Lucy to watch a Coen Have you not even seen my brother? Oh, I guess you haven't. I haven't seen any <laughs> Coen Brothers right movies. I looked it up. I watched it. Um, I might do Old Brother for Movie Club at one point. Oh, sorry. You can, you can. But what I was trying to say is, you can <laughs> do nihilist stories where things don't mean anything. But that kind of has to be the point of the story. Like, you can't just, you can't just create stories uh, where 
that's there's a difference between the way that you write a story where things are essentially nihilist yeah or where it's just bad writing because you haven't made made story arcs essentially no this isn't a nihilist mm. show of course not it's about no. how <laughs> order and policing is great it's the exact opposite <laughs> of that um, it's pretty nihilist we'll get that we'll get to that to the police stuff because there was some bad stuff in this one uh, fucking oh god a serious I, man what a what a film i, oh, I, I haven't held seen off a on watching man. that for a long time it's so fucking funny it's absolutely depressing and hilarious <laughs> okay so I, good. I take a note to watch that i i still have a few uh that I, I i keep thinking about how good barton fink is i think that's like barton fink just oh god it's that's so it's such a like a nasty film it's i love it so dark like that's honestly like the darkest <laughs> like still comic but like one of the darkest movies anyway <laughs> yeah um fucking oh, what was i gonna say oh yeah I, I keep thinking about the thing you said also earlier about how uh <laughs> about Carson's actor because like the role on paper like the way they originally advertised this like Carson was that a wronged criminal who now seeks justice for uh you know what what where he feels like he has wronged and now brings havoc onto the city like that's that's like a cool role that's like a, a role where you can mm. really show off but the, the the what the role in the end is is just it, it's it's just nothing it's just he does a good job he's a good actor yeah like, he's good you know he he really he really um with what he's given which is not a lot you know he he gets this sort of he can really he really does portray this mixture of like fear and resentment and mm. anger yeah uh and like regret yeah. in himself all in all in one go he acts really well yeah but just the fucking story arc is not, well, not written say, you, that he can do anything you can with. be the greatest actor in the world but if your role is just some guy then you yeah like you're not gonna exactly yeah. shine or and, the and role isn't gonna of, stand out you can't make a sword out of bad iron but speaking oh, of Carson, yeah. what's the point of once so, once <laughs> upon a time in this episode once has one very particularly sexy shot <laughs> that's true yeah she's pretty she's pretty sexy <laughs> she's pretty sexy she's nice with it she's yeah. like she's like lying down she's got a shirt open she's got a bandage on she's got like a sort of binder sports bra kind of thing going on and I was like oh okay hello <laughs> um anyway <laughs> once into the athleisure scene yeah I do I love athleisure anyway I'm <laughs> uh-huh. anyway I'm gonna I don't know <laughs> what was the point, point? No, I didn't have one other than that okay. she's quite attractive in that scene. I was trying to think of one <laughs> while I was saying it and I just don't have one. Um, I so. guess once it's supposed to be like the big season two villain or what, what are we supposed to make of the ending of this Yeah, she's, the, she's the big bad of season two that was made during season one, but also kind of not really because I don't... <laughs> <laughs> she she decides that Cass is doing something's wrong, something wrong. So she she tries to convince him with like like she. Uh, it's sort of implied that she uh, she loves him in some way. Yeah. Um. So she's like, w- "What are you doing? Come on!" Like, and she does ask him to sacrifice himself, which maybe is a little bit much. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not it's not a necessarily like unreasonable position when you're facing an apocalypse. Mm. Um, and then. But he get she gets stabbed by him. Uh, 
then saved by the watch um who she then then helps uh then watches like a man she like loves and respects um disappear from all existence and then um gets blamed by the watch for everything mm-hmm. and it's like even though it's apparent that they have no control over what they they perceive and believe again uh, she's like i will con- i will kill you now <laughs> you are now my enemy mm-hmm. <laughs> i am become death but again it's like none of uh, them have a none of them have a choice in anything <laughs> yeah so they they don't get to choose to like be like oh once even though you helped us you were bad so we're going to go after mm. you or we're going to arrest you uh, because they just think that she did everything and then she has no choice after having made the choice to like be turn on Casa or whatever. She's just is like, oh, mm. you know, you're evil still. Sorry. Which I feel... Which, which it, could be could be interesting if that was the point. But it, but it isn't. And I think like if they were to do a second season, then because of that particular fact that Casa has been erased, then the entirety of Vimes's quote unquote character development is just vanished. <laughs> Because yeah. well, yeah, exactly. they don't have anybody to, yeah. to act in reaction to because like the reason he reacted to this story was because it was specifically Garza. And I know he has a history with once, but certainly not the same one. Um Yeah. And you know, her coming like the the scene where like she that you know, she wakes up, she's walking around, they come back into the um the watch house. And they see her, and then she realizes that she's the bad guy. She's the bad guy. Make your watch sad guy in this universe. Um, <laughs> and, and then they immediately I'm all pull their little crossbow guns on her, and they and it's like cop city time. It's like, um, <laughs> what is arrest? We are going to shoot you now. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> What? <laughs> mm-hmm. I came here to chew bubblegum and commit police, police brutality. <laughs> and I'm all out of <laughs> Yeah, George has just watched They Live like two days ago. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking good. I, love it. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. I know the scene and I know the movie, but I've not watched it. Slaps. It's a good movie. It's uh, <laughs> One of the main characters was a professional wrestler, so they gave him like a five minute wrestling scene Fuck <laughs> and <yeah>. it rules <laughs> no it's ten minutes ten minutes it's, it's a ten minute like fight see it's, it's so amazing. good I thought it was shorter <laughs> <laughs> I like he's literally like showing off pro wrestling moves in that um <laughs> yeah he are I think he are, is that RKO or pile driver someone yeah it's extremely funny <laughs> great film uh, <laughs> so there's a bit towards the end of this episode where they're making cop recruitment posters hmm. yeah. yes I remember yeah. the watch needs you uh, it's like the old W mm. uh, W2 posters or it's cool yeah. uh, World War 1 World I War think because I think it was Lord Kitchener yeah big old mustache you know a point for a, a, a war with a big point that it was good to join up and fight oh in. yeah it was the great war reproductive it was the great war why have they why would they have called it the great war if it wasn't really cool <laughs> yeah it definitely wasn't just a bunch of like royals yelling at each other 
It, mm. um, I watched a mixture of loads of cousins having a fight and like the international arms trade. I watched, um, I watched a game of chess the other day whilst I was watching the Queen's Gambit, and I saw that um, whilst the Queen and the King um, thingies didn't really move, um, I saw that all the pawns did, and I said, "Ah, just like every <laughs> war ever." Very interesting. I like how they did that. The queens are really powerful because queens slay. Queens slay. Right, girl boss <laughs> energy. Queens slay. Yeah. And you know what? And you know what? Pussy slays. So chess is actually a commentary on women's power in international yeah. conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through the power of pussy. Yeah, women. The, the, the queen is the most powerful, but if you lose the king, you die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, if you lose the queen, then it's like he can find another person. More, more, uh, oh, also, if the pawns reach the end, yeah, exactly. um, each the other end of the board, they bec- they can be converted into a queen. <laughs> Forced girl bossification. Yeah, Cinderella. So there's some interesting like gender dynamics there, because presumably, uh, it's a medieval <laughs> game, presumably most of the warriors, the pawns, would have been male. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's some, there's some, like, uh, some like gender dynamics. Interesting. Uh, yeah. You have to transition and, to gain power, uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's what they mean when they say oh the transition of power happened between these years it's the literal transition i'm gonna send a clip of this to james Lindsay in the hope that he uh, like has an aneurysm uh-huh. <laughs> listening to us talk about chess what if the what if the queen's to- is talking to the pawns and she's like come on guys let's get keep gaslight girl bus our way into into defeating gaslight. then i would support her doing that i would be like i would love to support you in gatekeep gaslight girl bossing your way to the top the, the queen's gaslight gatekeep girl boss gambit <laughs> i'd watch that i would say <laughs> Remember well, when the action seller was in the show? No. Uh, I do, and I liked it. Oh, Where did he, he go? God. Yeah, when they just... The first few episodes they... were so fun. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's because... The fucking... The, walking into the um into the Unseen University, and, and the fucking, like, receptionist is dead, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. he's been dead for so ten good. minutes. Why didn't you tell anyone? Where's that show? Where did that show go to? Like... It's because they realised they had to do like a, a series plot throughout yeah. the yeah. whole thing, and they they then had to sacrifice all the bits that we liked, which is such you a could shame. have just made fucking like as much as I hate Brooklyn Nine Nine, you could have just made like fantasy Brooklyn Nine Nine. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was saying, but like detectivey, yeah. more more yeah. like yeah, detectivey. Yeah, and that would I mean, have been literally great. just copy, just copy one of the scripts from a Brooklyn Nine Nine episode where it yeah. isn't super casual, which is about ten percent of the episodes. Um, and then you, you, you sort of see what what makes the characters tick. You just you literally do a control F, find and replace <laughs> yeah. on the character names, and then you set it place them with fantasy terms yeah easy peasy (laughs) you ever remember how many episodes of brooklyn 99 were like damn defense lawyers are evil okay (laughs) yeah well no but it makes up for it because it also had the episodes about how police brutality was wrong but then i guess um, yeah there's one episode about how police (laughs) brutality is bad yeah but then a whole bunch about how defense lawyers are 
scummy bastards getting yeah. criminals back on the streets. And, and, and you know uh, that's anyway. true because criminals are a separate class of people. We talked about this criminal, last episode. I could go yeah, on for cr- years. Criminal, criminal is just a state of being that you just are from birth, I guess. Yeah. Or you and the boss is like... Yeah, you can see it in their face. Yeah, and it's actually funny. Presumably you can... skin color. <laughs> yeah, boss is like an epic like gay her. black guy that he faced uh, homophobia in his youth. So now it's a walk show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like several characters also get confirmed bisexual. So go slay. Hell yeah, yeah, oh, Rosa. Slay. She, she, she. Now she is a gaslight gay girl boss. <laughs> uh, I like the bits where they they joke about her doing police brutality, and she says. Yeah, why not? And then she's a hashtag bisexual Epic. icon. I yeah. also have a leather jacket. Um, I, <laughs> I too. I'm, I'm straight. You is can this, stand us instead of Brooklyn Nine Nine fake cops. Remember you know? when when the like uh, BLM protests happened, and then Griffin Newman, who great guy for a celeb or for a, he's a very minor celebrity, he was in the take, but other than that, he hasn't had any big roles is mostly like known as a podcast uh, comedy guy uh, and he made a post about how he played he said I played a cop in like a student short film 20 years ago and I still feel like you know I kind of contributed to propaganda and <laughs> feel like shit about it oh. and I'm gonna donate donate uh, 11k dollars to like uh to like bail funds uh, any other celebrities if you're reading this and you had any piece in cop media you know you know what to do right and then the actor who plays rosa in brooklyn 99 said i match this also with 11k the person who played like a lead role in a cop show Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just a lead role <laughs> gotta like... donate exactly as much as the guy who doesn't even like he didn't even get paid for like being in a propaganda student film 20 years ago for think, five minutes I, th- I think if you're in her position you either want to not do anything and yeah, don't mention it shirt. yeah never mention it or don't yeah. you know raise it like you would in a game of poker because you've got much more <laughs> stake in it <laughs> yeah, like donate as much as you earned for like playing a cop, I guess. Yeah, I mean the whole point of Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I, like genuinely, I used to watch it. I do, I do still think a lot of it is really funny because it has talented writers behind it. It does yeah, not, it, has... dis- it does not disguise the fact that it, it the the point of it, if they mean it or not, does make cops seem friendly and. Um, uh, like there's an episode where they they float it as a career to at risk youth, um, and it, it's like you you have to admit at some point that that this works in in the police's favor, even if you even yeah. if you have episodes the American about janissary system, yeah, and it's like even if you have episodes <laughs> about okay, well, police brutality sucks, and obviously anybody can be affected by racism within the police. Uh, well, anybody who is not white can be affected by racism within the police, but then they the the show just carries on. So yeah, and there's like a like there was a citations needed episode that was about this. That's good. Oh, I haven't listened to that. I would like. To. Um, but they they talk with a guy, and he's saying that like the 99th precinct is one of the most like violent precincts. <laughs> 
in New York, <laughs> and it just seems sort of yeah odd. Seems deliberate um, that they pick that yeah. one. <laughs> anyway, w- and what about this series? Do you have anything more to say about this? <laughs> this yeah, series I've got ninety nine problems, but being fired from my job due to complaints by people I've brutalized <laughs> ain't one. Yeah. You know, because I have a police union backing me. Yeah. I was just trying to say this show, uh, even like the final episode ends on like literally saying <laughs> join the forces. Yeah, oh my it God. ends on like, cops rule. Join had us. Any trouble on whether this is propaganda or not? Mm-hmm. And it's um, like like once this whole thing is like being like oh the the watcher like a stable point of goodness through the multiverse. Which, yikes, o'clock. Um, <laughs> cool. There's only one good source of goodness, and it's the police, so drop that yeah. down. It's like, oh, we've definitely always had the police. Like, even in prehistoric societies, there was some kind of paramilitary <laughs> organisation that kept us all in line. And yeah. we definitely need to keep that tradition going for as long as we can. Look, Lucy, if someone was to tell me that the police were probably under 200 years old for the most part... I would say you're wrong, you're a liar, and you're unpatriotic. That's because you're British and we hate to know things, but I do agree with you because I'm also British and we hate to know things, so... (laughs) I don't um, know anything and I like it that way. Yeah. (laughs) The police were invented by the Anglo-Saxons. Yeah, they really angled the Saxons. The police were invented by the Romans when they um, hired um, goons to go and beat up their political opponents... Um, and that's, you know, I don't think the role has changed very much, really, because they also use mm. them to beat up voters. Um, nah. What? Nah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Death was cool. Death is, is a cool character in this show. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. There's a bit in this episode um, where Death is like, oh, I'll help you if you oh, let Death me join good. your band. And I was like, obviously, I'd fucking let Death join my band. I love he Death's music. Rules. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't understand experimental music. <laughs> <laughs> when I brought up that article about uh, about Adam Huge, uh, he like th- he did say there was like a, a, another Angua carrot scene that would have been filmed like in in reshoots, but couldn't have been filmed because of COVID. <laughs> oh, maybe that would have made the relationship more believable. Yeah, it mm. it would have changed a lot because uh, the deleted scene. Uh, he says the scene that we didn't get to film was Angua basically hit, hinting to Carrot face to face that she heard him, and he sort of left like, "Oh my God, did she hear me? Oh crap, I don't know." So, <laughs> really, I mean, no that's... difference. No. What if it was a What if it was a scene where she took him to a workplace tribunal for for harassment? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been very epic. One thing I wanted to bring up to like close out the discussion of mm-hmm. of the watch overall. Just mm-hmm. to say that we are right, like just basically to <laughs> to reiterate I mean, that once goes again, that we are the most correct takes on this because, like, early on in the show, we kept making fun of everyone who <laughs> uh, who was complaining about the show for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they're still and wrong. They're still wrong they're because still I'm wrong. looking at like the reception, the, the critical reception section of the wiki for the watch, and it says. Um, like there's there's some quote it says like holds eight negative like uh, negative reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for an overrating of fifty percent. Uh, you know it's like a average rating of six point something um, in a critical consensus. But like the quotes they give 
are things like, uh, despite the fantastic production design and the solid cast, the watch simply doesn't capture the wonder, whimsy, and world-building of Terry Pratchett's beloved mm. novels. And that's, like, oh, not the point. Like, I don't give a shit about the wonder and whimsy of Terry Pratchett's uh, fantasy books. Don't you love it's... it to be quirky? <laughs> it's zany. <laughs> he like, loves that. I don't yeah, mind next, if this show is less quirky and from. zany and as what Terry wrote, as long as it's not, like, it, not, it doesn't outright end with them having cop recruitment posters. Like... <laughs> There's, there's much, much deeper underlying issues with this show other than not like my books. Yeah, judge it on its own terms, yeah. and on its own terms, it's not very good. It's exactly. disappointing. <laughs> and we, we kept saying throughout this episode, or throughout the last few episodes, things that like were done better in the books, but it's because mm. like if you do things like doing the dragon plot and ending it like the same way or kind of the same way in the book then and it doesn't work overall as a plot then of course that invites the question well how could the dragon plot could have been done better well one example for that is how terry pratchett did that is it the only solution of course not but like the way they did it in the show is just not not satisfying at all on any level yeah Yeah. Uh, and like same things yeah. for 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 other complaints that we have uh, or we have or we had. Like I still think it would have been better to have Colin and Nobby and like maybe cut one or two other characters that we have so that there is like some levity or just some characters that we know that don't need a backstory, right? Well, I mean, uh, given the fact that in this series, Carrot didn't actually mean anything, you could yeah. cut Carrot, like yeah. cut Carrot and Angua. Like, Car- yeah. Cut carrot and angua mm-hmm. and have like Colin, Nobby, Detritus, and Cheery <laughs> as the yeah. watch. More Sally. Or Sally. Yeah, put Sally yeah. in. Love it. Yeah, because Sally was great in her two scenes. Like, I, I wish she had yeah. been more in the show. Um, Kiko Martinez of Variety dubbed it a tonal mess. Uh, I agree with that. <laughs> not wrong. Kiko is not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Say the show's generic incorrect. world building, which I wouldn't agree No, I think it's, it's generic. I really like it. It's not generic, it's just. Building. It's just fucking weird. It's just wild and yeah. Um, yeah, cut a few things uh, or make it longer. I don't know. Like, there's simultaneously too much and not enough yeah. <laughs> happening in yeah, this show. Yeah, it's spread too thinly. Like butter, like butter too, much, too bread. much bread. Oh my god! <laughs> I do. Well think... done. Look, we're approaching the cultural. Uh, what's it called? Singularity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to say hegemony, but sure. Um, I was going to say the <laughs> two-hour mark. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, do we have any any closing thoughts? Um, I think what's going to happen. That? What's going to happen is that we're going to talk about. We're going to go back to discussing the books and now that we have seen this it is going to crop up in our discussions. Yes. From now on until the end of our series eventually when that happens in, I don't know, 2022, yeah. 2023. <laughs> I mean, we're or saying we that... forget it about two weeks from now. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're saying that <laughs> now but I... Like, as I mentioned during your pee break, Lucy, is that oh. <laughs> this show just like constantly like slips out of out of my perception in, in in ways that I really have to grasp, like hold on to the thought that The Watch is a real TV show that exists because mm. it's just so insubstantial. <laughs> but I agree with Lucy I mean, that yeah. there's less lines that are taken directly from the books and then expanded into plot lines and stuff that I yeah. think when they show up, we're going to be like, 
oh shit yeah, yeah we're gonna we're, we're gonna come and we do have the who watches the watch in the title of our show so we kind of like force ourselves <laughs> to remember this show forever yeah <laughs> you're welcome um, and maybe it'll be renewed you know i doubt well, that would be wild and if it does get a second next, season i will i will still go into season two with with an open mind because you know there's shows that have a crappy first season and then get good so who knows Mm. yeah i um bugger i mean that sums it up yeah i watched uh right before we recorded this i watched an episode of the of the clone wars that had like a scene where uh r2d2 is like on a bridge with like an an evil other like droid that is like the same type of droid and they're r2 is like trying to like ram into that droid with <laughs> with like to cause like blood trauma to it i guess and in the end it like gets shoved down and r2 just like straight up murders a different droid in cold blood much better show than this yeah i'm gonna be honest i really like the clone wars yeah. <laughs> so it's good it's good i will never watch them <laughs> i'm a big old ashoka fan I can't be bothered she's, she's baller She's played by a trans fan. <laughs> oh, that well, no, she is in the new film. I don't think her voice actor in the show is Rosario. No, yeah, only only in the Mandalorian. Um, yeah, yeah, which I haven't watched. Which, yeah, um, I was gonna. What I was gonna say um, was like this show had like a lot of really talented people working on it, and I am glad it got made. Like I'm glad, like it, yeah, like there was this experiment. Uh, yeah for it, sure it didn't it hasn't worked so far and probably this is the end of it so yeah i'm so glad we get to watch the good hogfather movie right. instead when we get to watch the amazing maurice uh oh animated <laughs> by the same studio responsible for uh oops noah is gone and oops two <laughs> still missing <laughs> I'm so excited. It's now a boogaloo. But one of the writers of Shrek, so... <laughs> what if it's good? <laughs> what if it's good? What if it's good? No, we, we might like doing it. this. No, we, um, I think, no, I think we do. We have to go into it as um, blank We slate. will. We will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always will. Yeah. I like an animated I mean, cat. We, wanted, we, love we originally wanted to character. hate this, and then we changed our minds. And then we changed, <laughs> yeah. them changed again. our minds again. So we can always change our minds. <laughs> yeah, but now we're informed, because we're geniuses. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening to our coverage of the Watch TV series. Um, I hope you stick around as we continue on in the books. The next one is Lords and Ladies, which is fun. Hell yeah. Wahoo. Hell yeah. Wahoo. I can't wait to learn to read Wahoo. again. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wahoo. We have to start reading books rather than just watching TV. I don't know if I remember how. I'm <laughs> kidding. I, I, have a so- I have a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. So you yeah, should yeah. check that out this, as well. This leads in very neatly to plugs for um, A Song of Babies and Puppies for both Janos and Chaz, but also um, the, <laughs> the Kvothe Killer Chronicles, um, the podcast that Janos and I are currently doing, um, yes. recording about your favourite man, Patrick Rothfuss. Is, <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, a very special red-haired boy that we love. I love my very <laughs> special oh red-haired boy. And I, I especially love his female friend. Mm. Um, <laughs> I like how, how they're talked about. I like how they're talked about. I like how they're portrayed. And I like his relationships mm. to them in this series. And you I can like hear... how the, the female characters talk to each other. 
Oh yeah, which, which is, is so often. Do. There is I don't I you know honestly yeah. I don't think I can think of a single scene where the female characters haven't been interacting with one another. They're so um, I don't think it com- has happened so far. It hasn't. They have complex inner lives and complex relationships. Mm-hmm. They're damaged, but also sexy. They are and- damaged, but sexy. <laughs> which is just like me. So they talk me. about how they can feel their boobs move. Yeah, the first more. episode of that should be, should, is probably, hopefully, going to be out by, depending on how fast Sarah edits, uh, but it's hopefully going to be out by the time this is out. Uh, mm-hmm. So check that out. The first episode is like an intro where we talk about what we remember of the yeah. book and talk about like some, some of Patrick's great online presence. And then <laughs> from episode two on, we actually read the book. And, yeah. uh, we have See, a lot to say, it turns out. We have so much to say. Every time I have to write so many notes, the first episode, I'm like, oh, I'm sure I will go into this with an open mind. And then I read the first quarter and I'm like, <laughs> I think not actually. <laughs> My mind is closed. It's shut. <laughs> My mind is shut down. I'm sorry. Pulling open this big rusty gate <laughs> and then Patrick Rothfuss comes out the fog and pulls it firmly shut again. <laughs> He's like, damn, this is just like when the the nerd girl you're in love with at school becomes a porn star. Um, and Ooh. anyway, yeah, so I'm looking forward to listening to that. Um, anything else we want to plug? Considering this is like, I guess, the end of season two of our show. Oh my god, yeah, I, I was starting season, season three two. next episode. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess yeah. I'm just going to plug my Twitter because that's where I post nice pictures <laughs> of me. So um, you can follow me at, at Diplobrocus on Twitter. Um, yeah. I'm sexy. You can follow me at Helmomet. I'm just generally annoying, so if you want to hurt mm. yourself, you can do that. Now, Chaz you is can... also sexy. We're, we're a pretty <laughs> sexy bunch, actually. I would say this is a very hot podcast. Yeah, you can follow me at Janusz Kapuwari. I am also sexy, but I, know, I don't post pics of myself, so you're not going to see that. But you can imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. Hmm. You can follow me at, um, at Keir Starmer on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, if you like anything about this podcast, uh, George is the one responsible for like all our... like. PR and social media yeah, so complaints. just tweet at Keir Starmer which is his um, <laughs> Twitter for this um, if you like yeah, actually, actually want to say nice things about our podcast please leave us a review on iTunes um, yeah it's skewing negatively you, at the moment yeah you're also allowed to just like tell us how much you like our show what you shouldn't do is like mm. t- say something about I wasn't expected to I wasn't <laughs> expecting to like this show but it turns out I quite enjoyed it despite the hosts uh, being very aloof zoomers um, yeah. the, me a Gen Xer I don't think it's as good as fucking Richard Herring's podcast <laughs> pissed me off the most about that review was that the 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 episode that he reviewed i wasn't even fucking on so when he was like oh the the hosts are likable zoomers i'm like a i'm the only technically gen z person on here and b it wasn't a review it was a reply on our twitter for no reason that talked about this in the third person um yeah yeah you should be grateful Um, i don't start twitter beef because i would be beefing and yeah. just making fun, but I'm not because uh-huh. I'm very mature. And since we already mentioned the song of babies and puppies and the Quoth Killer Chronicles, you should also listen to Lynchpin, which is mm-hmm. the show me and Chaz do with our friends Alec and Jen, and we talk about David Lynch's 
work our Ultra. newest episode is about season two of Twin Peaks, and the next episode is also gonna be about season two of Twin Peaks. Yeah, we're talking about Twin Peaks, Peaks, which is great, and also the other ones that we like. Um, and yeah, we have a great know, episode about Dune, uh, amazing movie. I um, love Dune, and you should too. Okay, it's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's it for now. Um, we don't normally plug our stuff, but we're just doing it yeah. today for those of you who two. are gonna who are gonna drop off now. We're still talking about the watch because <laughs> we've had a lot more <laughs> listens on these episodes than our previous ones. Everyone's gonna go back to fucking Truth Will Make You Fret for their discord <laughs> book content and abandon us, which is fine. Damn. Um, we do yeah. like them. We're still friends of the pod. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you could just like yeah. listen to us as well because we have a great point of view and we are very on topic and have a unique point of view. Uh, That's also, Elle still waiting for the Eric invitation on Desert Island Discworld. Uh, mm-hmm. I know mm. you posted recently about uh, having already like <laughs> nailed down the guests for the next season, which is fine. I can wait another sure, season. Sure, that's okay. Um, Al, remember, mm. we're your friend. We're your friend. Invite us on. Yeah, we like Al. Invite us onto your podcast, um, Al. I will yeah. say. Wouldn't it be cool to have a crossover of the Discord podcast? Just saying. It'd be very fucking cool. What if we, gonna, what if we interrupted tweet. each other more? I'm going to tweet uh-huh. at him now. Please. <laughs> no. No, I'm going to Okay. Do it. Okay. Don't. Um, <laughs> thank no, you. Do for... I, I okay. Um, if you want more of this, you can donate to our Patreon. Uh, who watches the watch on Patreon? And you can get all our bonus content. And we're back at writing our book, Heart Spell, which is popping off. Uh, very funny. Mm. And also Faithful Fridays, where we talk about Neil uh, Bream. Not saying who wrote it, but it's a very good chapter. And uh-huh. really like it. Uh, and you can get that for one currency a month or five currency a month you can have your name shouted out like these people big flat bunt uh, boyfriend of the show tom aka oh, hank wow. the tank uh oh, not that guy. justin crandall yeah Milk succubus uh, rise and grind memes for side hustling teens uh, and evan dm i'm walking here and a double special extra uh we love you so much shout out to Mama the mia. uncles of the show on the 10 year old uh, Bjorn Strong in the arm tier, Carrot Lime and Slime Simon. Oh my god, hell yeah. Two cats, uh. Our good friends. Um, Mis and uncles. You could be an uncle. Wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you get like a, an erotic kick out of that? Okay. <laughs> Finn Dommer, so far, please. all of our <laughs> uncles are like actually people we interact with and are friends with. So, yeah. you know. If you're a stranger, you could please, a... Finn Dommers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please. Mm. The more money you send me, the less no, the more the more <laughs> pleasure you get. Probably. Okay. Um yeah. anyway, thank you for <laughs> the listening. The more money you send us, the less you are going to have. My personal <laughs> opinion, this is a great works. episode. So uh we'll catch you next week for season three. Um Yeah, <laughs> we'll see you there, hopefully. <laughs> uh, Beyond Strong in the Arm is my uncle Faith. Um, Stan Nigel. Yes, uh, fuck a dragon. Um, um, yeah. Uh, Girl boss, gatekeep. Um, <laughs> just like. Um, <laughs> Sybil, distribute, distribute your wealth. Sybil, um, stop. Uh, um, uh, Stan. ACAB. ACAB, fuck turfs. Fuck turfs. Nanny Og, fight relationship goals. Stand, um, uh, stand the little assassins guild evil girls stand <laughs> uh, dr cruises great character very fun um, um 
Stand death. Don't don't fear the reaper. Um, um. Stand death, especially now that Rush Limbaugh died. It's a very cool act from you, death. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, death. Thank you, death. Okay. Uh, and came through. Also, you, Prince, Get Prince Prince Philip, Philip is ninety nine and in in hospitals. So you know, not I'm just looking I'm just pointing out the facts, not. No threats. Not, not a threat. No not threats. Threat. No. Okay. I'm threatening. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> Goodbye. Seasons don't fear the reaper, nor do the wind, the sun, or the rain. listening to a good episode productions network podcast see the website for more details